It's Thursday, October the 22nd, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist, sponsored by Raytheon Technologies. Coming up, foreign meddling in America's election and more protests in Nigeria. First, the world in brief. John Ratcliffe, President Donald Trump's Director of National Intelligence, warned that Iran and Russia have acquired access to voter registration rolls and are trying to interfere with America's presidential election. He highlighted an Iranian effort to impersonate the Proud Boys, far-right Trump supporters, with mass emails. As most of the voter information was publicly available, the main effect of such attacks may be to sow distrust in the vote itself. Protests against police brutality continued across Nigeria, despite the imposition yesterday of a curfew. On Tuesday, several demonstrators were killed when soldiers opened fire on crowds, fanning the discontent. In a speech, Mohamedou Buhari, the country's president, promised to speed up reforms to law enforcement, but said nothing about investigating the shootings or prosecuting those responsible for them. Ant Group, China's biggest fintech firm, won approval from the state regulator for its Shanghai IPO. The dual listing, also in Hong Kong, will probably be the biggest offering in history, raising around $35 billion. Ant got the green light from the Hong Kong Stock Exchange on Monday and expects to start trading in early November. Pope Francis lent his support to civil unions for same-sex couples. He has frequently shown more tolerance towards gay people than did his predecessors, but an endorsement of legal unions would be the largest shift yet from the previous position of the Catholic Church. He made the comments in a new documentary. Mitch McConnell, the Republican Senate leader, told the White House to reject a stimulus deal with Nancy Pelosi, the Democratic House Speaker. Donald Trump is eager to reach an agreement before the election. Ms. Pelosi and Steve Mnuchin, Mr. Trump's Treasury Secretary, are said to be close to compromising on a package worth $2 trillion. Purdue Pharma reached an agreement with American prosecutors over its role in the opioid crisis. The maker of OxyContin will pay a fine of $8.3 billion and plead guilty to three charges of defrauding the United States and violating a kickback statute. Prosecutors say that incentives for doctors to prescribe Purdue's painkillers distorted healthcare decisions and led to widespread addiction. And Thailand's Prime Minister said he would lift emergency measures that were intended to stop protests. After the rules banning political gatherings came in last week, tens of thousands of pro-democracy demonstrators defied them and took to the streets. They are calling for the government's resignation and checks on the power of the monarchy. And now, here's today's agenda. Nashville Natter, the last presidential debate. Donald Trump and Joe Biden face off for a debate tonight in Nashville, Tennessee. This will be their second and final encounter after Mr. Trump withdrew from last week's planned virtual town hall. His campaign has been grumbling about tonight's topics, including climate change, COVID-19, race and leadership, and a new rule silencing the non-speaker's mic during his opponent's opening statement, impinging on Mr. Trump's habitual interruptions. Mr. Trump will probably attack Hunter Biden, the former vice president's troubled son. 
Republicans have been trying, so far without much success, to make him central to the election. Mr Biden must decide whether to respond in kind or focus on COVID-19, the economy and other issues more important to voters. Mr Trump may be the incumbent, but this will be his last chance to appear a credible alternative to Mr Biden. More than 35 million Americans have already voted, and Mr Biden holds a steady lead in national and battleground state polls. Search Query – America's Government Goes After Google On October 20th, the Department of Justice at last launched a federal antitrust lawsuit against Google. In the grand scheme, the case may seem piffling. It carves out some alleged misdeeds in one part of the business – general search services, search advertising, and general search text advertising. Google denies wrongdoing. The charges cover only text search, not images or video, and makes no allegations that Google abuses its market power in digital advertising. That may be shrewd. Google has just a third of that market. The case could end in an unremarkable settlement, with Google making token changes to its behavior and paying a fine that looks hefty only until you consider its annual net profit of $34 billion. But the suit could rejuvenate America's antitrust apparatus, decrepit after two decades of relaxed enforcement. As William Barr, America's Attorney General, put it, if we let Google continue its anti-competitive ways, Americans may never get to benefit from the next Google. Health Alert – France, COVID-19 and Criminal Liability as COVID-19 cases surge in France, a parliamentary inquiry into the government's handling of the pandemic today hears from Christophe Castanet, a former interior minister. Yesterday, legislators questioned his former boss and ex-prime minister, Edouard Philippe. This parliamentary inquiry has no judicial remit. Not so, a separate one by investigators mandated by the Court of Justice of the Republic, a special body set up to handle cases filed against government ministers. Last week, the homes of Mr. Philippe, Olivier Véran, the health minister, and others were raided in connection with nine criminal cases brought against them. The government has imposed a nightly curfew in big cities to try to curb the virus's spread. Ministers' criminal liability for public health may be unusual, but is well known in France. In 1999, in connection with a contaminated blood scandal, Laurent Fabius, a former prime minister, was charged but acquitted of manslaughter. Billy No Mates, Huawei's smartphone struggles. Huawei's smartphone business is in danger. Until now, the Chinese tech giant has been regularly flip-flopping with Samsung, a Korean rival, at the top of the list of the world's most popular smartphone makers. Now, however, thanks to restrictions imposed by the Trump administration, its phones might lose their luster. The Mate 40, its latest flagship due to be unveiled today, will not run Google's apps or services. Even worse, further sanctions have in effect barred big semiconductor manufacturers from selling to Huawei without a license, even beyond America's borders. As a result, the Mate 40 is likely to be its last containing sophisticated custom chips produced by Taiwan Semiconductor Manufacturing Corporation. 
TSMC may yet receive a license from America's Department of Commerce to resume business with Huawei, but Huawei is preparing to go it alone. It boosted its research and development budget by nearly $6 billion this year. Hitting the brakes, Turkey's central bank. For the second time in as many months, Turkey's central bank is likely to increase interest rates at its monetary policy meeting later today. To breathe life into the country's troubled economy, Turkey's government had forced the bank to keep rates low and other banks to pump out credit at a record pace. The cost at which the lending spree came, including double-digit inflation, a collapsing currency and over $100 billion in foreign reserves spent defending lira, turned out to be impossible to sustain. The bank has now changed course. Last month it increased rates for the first time in nearly two years by two percentage points to 10.25%. This has not been enough to restore the bank's credibility or stem the lira's collapse. The currency has now lost 24% of its value against the dollar this year. Analysts polled by Reuters expect rates to rise to 12% today. Even that may not be enough. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Doris Lessing, who was born on this day in 1919. In university, they don't tell you that the greater part of the law is learning to tolerate fools. That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening. 